Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. It's a great word. And Lord, we're looking forward to this word this morning. We're looking forward to you speaking your word to us. We're looking forward, Lord, to you lifting these words right off the page and impressing them individually as you see fit on our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Genesis chapter 24 and verse 9, okay? And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray that you send me good speed this day. Show kindness under my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. Let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. And it came to pass, before he had done speaking, that, behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin. Neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. The servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. She hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again into the well of water to draw water and drew for all his camels. A man was wondering at her, held his peace, to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. Came to pass that the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of a half shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold, and said, Whose daughter art thou, I pray thee? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. She said, Moreover unto him, we have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. And the man bowed down his head, worshiped the Lord, and said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. 
Damsel ran, told her mother's house these things. Rebekah had a brother. His name was Laban. Laban ran out onto the well, came to pass when he saw the earring and bracelets upon his sister's hand, and he heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, saying, Thus spake the man unto me, that he came unto the man, and behold, he stood by the camels at the well. He said, Come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Wherefore standest thou without? I have prepared the house, room for the camels. The man came into the house, ungirded his camels, gave straw provender for the camels to wash his feet and the men's feet that were with him, and there was set meat before him to eat. But he said, I will not eat until I've told my errand. And he said, Speak on. And he said, I'm Abraham's servant. The Lord hath blessed my master greatly, and he's become great, and hath given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and men servants and maid servants, camels and asses. Sarah, my master's wife, bare a son to my master when she was old, and unto him hath he given all that he hath. Now, We've been here with Eliezer in verse 9 as he accepted Abraham's charge to go get a wife for Isaac, and he swore to Abraham that he would do it. And we've been with Eliezer in verse 10 when he left Abraham, and we've pictured in our minds Abraham helping Eliezer to pack him up, to get him ready as Eliezer. We can just picture Eliezer and Abraham together there as they're getting ready to leave, and Abraham is saying, now, I want to do everything I can to make sure this is successful for you, Eliezer. Don't forget those gold bracelets. You remember those ones I got there in Egypt? He says, now you use that to persuade the bride. And Eliezer, don't you forget these jewels. You take those too, and you use those to persuade the family of the bride to let her go. Eliezer, you know how much I'm relying on you. Don't give up, Eliezer. When you hit hardships, you come back with a bride for Isaac. Everything depends on the success of your trip. So we felt, as we thought about that, the pressure that was on Eliezer in verses 9 through 10 before he left as he's preparing to leave. And we felt with Eliezer as he looked at Abraham and said to himself, he's looking at Abraham, he said, Abraham has done everything in the past that he was supposed to do for God, and now there's this really important job, and Eliezer's thinking to himself, Abraham's not going. Abraham's not going himself. He looks at himself and he says, I'm the man. (laughs) He says, it's me, Eliezer says, it's me in the place of Abraham. Abraham's not going with me. The trip is too much for him to do. He says he's very old, but he's not old enough to find another wife later on and have more children, but anyway. And Eliezer says he's too old, and I gotta go out there and do this all alone. Now, when we look at that, We see in Eliezer and Abraham more than just this. We see here in Abraham, we see God the Father. In Eliezer, we see ourselves. Because as we prepare to go out and find a bride for the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what we're doing when we're soul winning. We feel like Eliezer and we say to ourselves, this is really a job for God the Father to do alone. Go get a bride for his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But just as it was a job for Abraham to do alone, go get a bride for his son Isaac, Abraham being too old, not able to go, but God the Father, he's not too old. (laughs) God the Father's not too old to get a bride for his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But Abraham chose Eliezer and said, you do it. You go get the bride for Isaac. So God the Father has chosen us and told us, you do it. You go get the bride for my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as Eliezer felt the weight of responsibility on his shoulders to go out and come back with a bride for Isaac, we feel that weight on our shoulders. We feel the responsibility when God the Father says, go out and get a bride for my son, the Lord Jesus Christ, Eliezer. He's gonna leave Abraham, and he's thinking to himself, 
oh, I really want to come back to Abraham with a bride. I mean, I went through this whole, you know, what if she's not willing to come routine, but really I want to come back and say to Abraham, voila, here she is. I got the bride for your son Isaac, and here she is. Isn't she a beauty? And so, I don't know if you would have said that, but anyway, she was a beauty. But as Eliezer in verse nine is getting to leave, Eliezer's thinking, if I can just come back with a bride, For Abraham's son, Isaac, I know how happy it's going to make Abraham. I hope it makes Isaac happy too, but I know it's going to make Abraham happy. So Eliezer's thinking this of how it would be the fulfillment of his life work to be able to make Abraham happy by saying, you sent me out to go get a bride for Isaac, and just look, I got a bride for Isaac. And he's thinking this, and he's thinking, oh, how happy I would be if I could just see Abraham look at me and smile and say to me, Eliezer, Eliezer, I knew I could depend on you. Eliezer, Eliezer, you're a faithful servant. You're a good friend, Eliezer. I sent you out to go get a bride for my son Isaac, and you did it, and I couldn't be happier with you. And in verses 9 and 10, we can picture this in our mind. Eliezer's thinking this. I just want to please my master Abraham. I want to see him smile. I want to see him say that I was good to him, that I was faithful, that I wouldn't let him down. That'd be the greatest joy in my life. So that's us. As we prepare to go out, find a bride for the Lord Jesus Christ, who are going to be lost sinners who come to the Lord Jesus Christ, become saved, become part of the bride of Christ. We're like Eliezer in this program. And we see Abraham as God the Father. We see ourselves as Eliezer. And we're just like Eliezer. We want to go find a bride for the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can see God the Father and we can say to ourselves, I really want to come back to God with a bride for God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be like Eliezer. I want to be able to say to God the Father, here's a sinner I was able to get saved. I got part of the bride of Christ here. And here's this person. He was lost. I worked with him. I persuaded him. He's saved. Just as Eliezer starts out his journey, we start out each one of our days in our journey of life, so to speak. And we hope that just like Eliezer, we say to ourselves, well, today could be the day. Today might be the day when I might be able to come back with a saved sinner as part of the bride of Christ. And I think, oh, if I could just come back with a saved sinner as part of the bride of Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said, how happy that would make God the Father be. So just as Eliezer is thinking of how this would be a fulfillment of his life work to be able to make Abraham happy, we think that's a fulfillment of our life goal to make God the Father happy. And to be able to say to God, you sent me out to go get a bride, part of a bride of Christ, and here's Jack. Jack, he called on your name and to be saved. And now Jack's a part of the bride of Christ. And look, here's Sue. And Sue called on your name to be saved. And now Sue's a part of the bride of Christ. I got Sue, I got Jack for part of the bride of Christ. And like Eliezer, we're thinking, oh, how happy I would be if I could just see God the Father's face smile and say to me, I knew I could depend on you. You're a good, faithful servant. You're a friend. You're such a good and faithful servant. I sent you out to go get a bride for my son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and you did it, and I couldn't be happier with you. So just like Eliezer from verses 9 and 10 was thinking, as we think we go out and seek the lost to be saved, that same motivation, we say, I just want to please God, my master, and see him smile and say to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Great joy that would bring in my life. 
So Eliezer is being told by Abraham, take this, say this when you go. And we see ourselves in the same way. We're being told by God the Father, please understand, we hear from God, how important it is to find a bride for my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You be sure, just as Abraham would have said to Eliezer, you be sure to accurately tell them how I love them and how I have provided for lost sinners to be saved from their sins. And you be sure to tell them how I've opened my house, my home, for them to come in as part of the bride of my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You be sure to tell them that. You be sure to tell them how I have provided for them what no eye has ever seen, what no ear has ever heard, and when they become part of the bride of my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So as Eliezer is preparing to set out on his journey to go find a bride for Isaac, and how Abraham's carrying him, telling him, Eliezer, take this jewel, take that jewel, don't forget to say this, don't forget to say that. We see ourselves setting out to find the sinners to be saved, become part of the bride of Christ, and we have to tell them all that the God the Father has prepared for the bride. So when we look at this account of the sending of Eliezer by Abraham, we see much more than just some ancient history. We see relevance to ourselves as we see in this history of our sending by God the Father to go find a bride for his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now in verse 11, we were with Eliezer here. As he came to the well, he makes his camels to lie down. And in verse 12, we yearned with Eliezer as he prays to God for help. And he starts off in verse 13 with these words, behold, I stand here by the well. He's saying that to God. He's saying, you know, look, God, I stand here by the well. What do you think God can't see him standing by the well? He's got to tell him. But he tells him, he says, behold, I stand here by the well. And you know, those are words when he's saying that. He's saying, I'm so incapable You know, he said it's a very important words for Eliezer when he says, behold, I stand here by the well. We can just feel he's like sighing. He's saying that. He's like, oh, I'm standing here by the well. Behold, I stand here by the well. We can feel him saying this. I'm not able to do this. What am I doing here? How do I find myself now by a well of water so far from home among women who come out here to draw water? I was living such a comfortable life back home until Abraham called me to do this. I didn't ask for this. I'm just here. I don't want to be here. I wish I was back home before Abraham called me. I'm so much not able to do this job. See, that's all it's behind you says, behold, I stand by the well. So Eliezer says, behold, I stand by the well, here by the well. We feel one question, and Eliezer is saying to God, how, how, how am I going to do this job of finding the wife? And he might have thought to himself, you know, I don't want to be here. Maybe I could just have lunch instead, you know. <laughs> and, so, and so he says, behold, I stand here by the well of water. And the lingering question is, how am I going to do this? There's one answer, and it was what Abraham told him in verse 7 when he said, he shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son. See, the answer for Eliezer, for how he was going to be able to find a bride for him, simply was with God. That's the answer. God, with God, with God's help. Last week, the answer for all my, how is I going to be able to do this, was the same simple answer, with God, with God's help. And so Eliezer got through it and found the bride 
I got through my week in the midst of it all on Friday. Last Friday, we had our record donations at our plasma center, finished the week with a record number of donations. It was a blessing of God. And Abraham knew that Eliezer is going to hit the wall of how am I going to be able to do this? And so he tells him in verse 7, he said, he shall send his angel before thee. Now, our English, all our English translations use the word angel for this word. The word in Hebrew is the word malak, not melech, malak. And it can mean angel, it can mean messenger, it can mean ambassador, because malak is really referring to what the person is doing rather than who the person is. So the word is not really restricted to just angels. Now, the best way to see this, and I'm going to ask you some questions, so that's why I ask you to turn, last book in the Old Testament, Malachi, turn to last chapter, turn to Malachi chapter 3. It's not so hard to find, about two-thirds of the way through, you'll find Malachi. Malachi chapter, last chapter in the Bible, Malachi chapter 3, where it's very interesting and you get insight into the word Malach here from this verse. I'm going to ask you questions. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, I send my messenger, Malach, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. First question, who is speaking in this verse? Who's the I and the me in this verse? The Lord, God. That's what it says, right? It's the Lord, okay? Who is the Lord sending in this verse? My what? My messenger, my Malik, my Malik. What is the Malik messenger in this verse going to do? Prepare the way before the Lord. Who in this verse is going to suddenly appear in his temple? The Lord. In this verse, uh, who in this verse, who will suddenly appear in his temple, who is the Lord said to be? He's said to be the messenger again. And that's the word Moloch also. See, the Lord is identified as the messenger also, as the Moloch. So what we've seen in this verse is how the word Moloch refers to the purpose and not the person. See, the purpose is messenger. The person is that person, then that can be an angel, that can be an ambassador, that can be the Lord himself. And this is where Hebrew can be so frustrating for our Greek-based English-thinking minds. Because, you see, with our Greek-based English-thinking minds, we want absolute identification. But the Middle Eastern Hebrew language is not absolute in its meaning. Context has to be looked into. Thought has to be put into it. So with our Greek-based English-thinking minds, we want out, when we see Malik translated as angel, well, okay, we say, oh, I got it, I see it. It's a, somebody who is all dressed in white robes, has got wings, a halo, he's flying around. Woo, and that's the angel, right? And we say, it's an angel, I got it. But Malik is not referring to a person. It's referring to a purpose of the person, which is a messenger who's to be sent. See, the word Messiah also refers to the purpose he's being sent. So we understand from Malachi 3.1 how Malach can refer to the Lord himself. See, that's why I've got the new friendship with God Bible here. And that's why in this Bible, we identified each of the 105 most commonly used Hebrew words, root words, as they appear in the Bible, so that as you read and you study them, you can easily see where they are without knowing Hebrew. So in our Genesis 24 chapter, when Abraham told Eliezer in verse 7, the Lord would send his Malach before thee, we've seen from Malachi 3.1 that that Malach can be God himself. In fact, let's think of him, that Malach that Abraham is referring to here is God himself. 
So Eliezer is relying on God himself to help him. And Eliezer repeated that he was remembering Abraham's guidance to rely on God himself to help him. When in verse 40, you notice it says in verse 40 of Genesis 24, he said unto me, the Lord before whom I walk will send his Moloch angel before thee, with thee. Now, I want you to see how Eliezer understood what Abraham was saying when he said these to him. See, in verse seven, look back on Genesis 24. Verse seven, where did Abraham say God would send his Moloch? I'll send it before, right? See how it says there? He shall send his angel before thee. He shall send his Moloch before thee. Before thee, as it is in the Hebrew, before thee is the word penaim. It's a before your face. Don't think of in your face, but before your face. <laughs> okay. It's not like, you know, Balak here is going to put it in your face, but before your face. Now, here's the question. But when Eliezer, who heard Abraham say, I'm going to send the angel before you, I'm going to send Moloch before you, when Eliezer is explaining this, to Rebekah's family, what Abraham said, where did Eliezer say Abraham said God would send his Moloch? Look carefully at verse 40. With him, see, with him. See, that's what he said. He said unto me, the Lord before whom, see, he doesn't say this. He doesn't say, the Lord before whom I walk will send his Moloch before me, which is what it says in verse seven. Doesn't say that. Eliezer changes it now, and he says, the Lord before whom I walk will send his Moloch with thee. So it's not the same in our English translations, the before and with, which is accurately is, is showing two different things before. It's not the same in Hebrew either, the before and with. So Eliezer understood that his greatest help was going to be with God. God with him or God in him. And what Eliezer as a believer understood and said, it's the key for us as believers to find the greatest help in our lives, God himself in the believer. See, for us as believers to understand that God is in us and to rely on God's presence in us is the greatest help that we have in life. That's what Paul was emphasizing when he said in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, what, he says, he's in shock, Paul, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. See, the tabernacle and the temple had these three areas, the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies. And it was in that last part of the holy of holies where the Lord dwelt above the mercy seat or the lid of the ark. So when the Hebrew Bible, the Hebrew Old Testament, was translated into Greek, it was called the Septuagint. And when the Greek New Testament quotes the Old Testament verses, it quotes from the Greek Septuagint. Of course, it's very convenient. It's already been translated into Greek. So when Paul said, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, the word that Paul used for temple is the same word as the Greek Septuagint used for the Holy of Holies. So what Paul has literally said in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, what, know you not that your body is the holy of holies of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? So when you study the tabernacle or you come to the Creation Museum and you see the tabernacle and you see the holy of holies where God dwells, just think that God says your body is the holy of holies where God dwells. That's the greatest revelation that Paul received in his life that he couldn't get over, and it should be with the same with us. Just a stunning, astounding revelation 
that he spoke about in Galatians 1, 15 through 16, when it says, but when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might do the impossible, preach him among the heathen, immediately I confer not with flesh and blood. See, it was astounding for Paul when he realized when the revelation came to him that God's son was in him in the person of the Spirit of God's Son and the Holy Spirit. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James Study and Reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13 and a half point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map. Not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible scripture references section, Bible reference help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.